0: All right, another fantastic open from Mario Ruiz. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Lakers talk tonight will go till 8 p.m. Looking forward to have Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation on in about a half hour or so. We got a lot of stuff to get into. Just let me give everybody a preview what we'll be talking about. Um, Brandon Ingram's success, other former Laker players, uh, the success that they're having in the postseason. But I, I think interesting, Brandon Ingram I was – Reading a lot of tweets yesterday about B.I. and the Pelicans and the trade that the Lakers made for Anthony Davis, I kind of want to address that. Uh, Dwight Howard had some thoughts on bringing back the Lakers' big three from last season. Certainly have my opinion um, on whether that's a good idea for the franchise or if it's not. Um, Sports Illustrated talking about do you hold on to the remaining assets or make everything available if you're the Lakers, some of those assets, whether it be Kendrick Nunn, Talon Horne-Tucker, obviously that draft pick, the first-round draft pick that the Lakers don't have until 2027. And then the latest on the NBA coaching front and who the Lakers could potentially end up with, good ideas, bad ideas. And then LeBron James sent out a tweet. What, was it yesterday's game? Maybe it was Saturday's game. I'm not sure which game it was, talking about how he promises that he'll be back in the postseason. So we got a few things that we want to hit on. I I do want to start off. I, I thought this is kind of an interesting story. The... Success that Brandon Ingram is having right now with the Pelicans. Pelicans tied the series up 2-2 last night against the uh, against the Phoenix Suns. Suns, obviously, without Devin Booker. Um, lots of chatter over the, over the last week or so of whether the Lakers messed up by trading away Brandon Ingram for Anthony Davis. Um, I've seen this a number of different times. Maybe I shouldn't be sitting on Twitter while I'm watching some of these games. Of course, people are going to give their thought process. They're going to give their opinion. Um, and it's easy to get caught up in a moment. So Ingram's been fantastic. Uh, I think there's three of the four games they've played, he's averaged over 30 points. Um, he's looked good. He's smooth as hell. I tweeted out yesterday during the game just how effortless everything is for the guy. Um, and I actually have no problem seeing the success that he's having out on the basketball floor. But can, can we do something, and whether these are Laker fans or – or these are just people that are NBA fans and they're just observing from the outside of what's happening in the playoffs. Can we stop this whole, well, the Lakers shouldn't have traded for Anthony Davis thing? Can we stop that? Is that, is that going to stop or is that just going to continue to be there? Because I think for those who are um, not really paying too close attention to what the Lakers did when Anthony Davis was around, they won a freaking championship. They won an NBA championship. And this isn't a conversation. If the conversation, if if you want to make it, well, would you rather have this player over Anthony Davis uh, or Anthony Davis? I'm not even referring to Brandon Ingram. I'm just talking about in general. Would you have one of these two guys? That's a different conversation. That's, you know, can Anthony Davis go a season with the Lakers where so far in his first three seasons with the Lakers – He's played 62% of the games, which is about 55 games in an 82-game schedule. More more concerning is in the last two years, he's played under 50% of the games the last two seasons for the Lakers. We know what happened. You're eliminating the first round against the Phoenix Suns last season. This year, they didn't make the playoffs. He played 40 of 82 games. Yes, he sat out a few at the end there when the Lakers knew they were mathematically eliminated. Um, I don't have the answer of what AD is going to be for the Lakers moving forward. I really don't, and nobody does. The question is never going to be about his skill set. The question is never going to be about uh, is he talented enough. We know all that. that. That part's he's arguably when he's healthy and when he's playing at his best, the best two-way player in the game. Um, that conversation is fair, is what kind of Anthony Davis are you going to get the rest of the way. But the conversation of, well, Brandon Ingram was so good in these last few games for the Pelicans that, you know what, Lakers made a mistake. They should have never traded for Anthony Davis. That conversation's got to go away. It really does, because it's you know it, I don't know if idiotic is the right word, but your goal of a franchise is to win it all. The Lakers won it all. However you want to describe Anthony Davis, however however you want to talk about some of the success that these young these other Laker players are having, um, and I'm to be honest with you, none of those players who are having success. Am I bothered by it? D'Angelo Russell tied with the Memphis Grizzlies in their series. Brandon Ingram, what he's doing with the Suns. Caruso, unfortunately, has been injured, so has Lonzo Ball, and the Chicago Bulls are getting uh, bombarded by the Milwaukee Bucks. But any of these guys, Jordan Clarkson that's having success, that used to be a part of the Lakers, I got no problem with it. But the key, I think, for the Lakers, it's not about should you have made this trade or should you have not a few years back. It's what do you have – moving forward with Anthony Davis, and that to me is the only thing that matters. You want a championship. It's not a conversation for me. I saw somebody who was tweeting out saying, yeah, where the Lakers screwed up, it wasn't trading for Anthony Davis, but it was that you didn't give them Kyle Kuzma instead of Brandon Ingram. Let me explain something to you, and I don't think I have to explain this to too many Laker fans out there. I think you all understand it. B.I. was the best group of those crop of players that the Lakers let go. B.I. was the best one. There's a reason why the Pelicans wanted him. And there was a reason, um, you know, it was Josh Hart and it was Lonzo Ball and it was Brandon Ingram and it was draft picks and everything else that came into play. Um, This wasn't a oh, well, you know what? We want Kyle Kuzma, but we'll take Brandon Ingram. I really don't think it was that. B.I., obviously, of all the young players that the Lakers have had, and I've said this for a long time, I always felt like he had the biggest upside. I always felt like his game is so natural and so pure, and he's making it happen in the playoffs. Please, can we stop having these conversations about, well, that's why they shouldn't have traded for Anthony Davis. The conversation should be more about what the Lakers should do this offseason and moving forward, and I don't think we should look back. Um there was a there was an article, there was a piece here. Um, Dwight Howard thoughts on bringing back the Lakers' big three. I actually almost I almost hesitate when I say the big three because I, I think right now you can't really use those terms in the NBA. There really isn't a big three. Maybe you could say okay when it was James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. Um, but the real big three that I think of. When I look back in the past, I'm thinking of what Miami put together. Hell, you could look at the San Antonio Spurs when they had uh, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, and Tim Duncan, even though that's such a weird big three, right? Like that's It's not a typical big three that you think of. You could look at KD with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Draymond was there as well. I don't know how we want to define big three. The problem is I get using the terminology big three in this instance because it's the Lakers and LeBron and... Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook, three Hall of Famers. One's going to go down as the one of the greatest to ever play the game. But they didn't play like a big three, so it's tough for me. I always hesitate when I see that big three um, that's right there. But Dwight Howard, who um, – this came from Lakers Nation, and there was – I'm, I'm going to read the quote, and then when we get a chance to talk to Trevor Lane in about 20 minutes or so, we'll get an opportunity to uh, have that conversation a little further Um, He was asked a question about Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. Would they be better in, in year two working together? He said, obviously it can. I think it can. But it takes time, and we live in a microwave society where we want results right away. He's not wrong about that. Things take time to mesh. You're looking at three guys in Russ, AD, and LeBron who need to have the basketball in their hands to be effective, that's how Russ has been his whole career. He's been the guy with the ball. He's been making decisions, stuff like that. So is LeBron, and you've got AD, who's the one up-and-coming star who needs the ball in his hands as well. Um, he basically goes on to say that he thinks, I'm going to read, skip a little bit of the quote here, sometimes you've got to sit back and regroup and figure out how it can work and what you have to sacrifice, put away in order to be successful. So obviously he has a little optimism that, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis could could work, that they just need more time, that eventually over time, that maybe in year two, maybe all these guys knowing that, all right, nobody's going anywhere, we just got to work with what we have. I think sometimes when you, you realize, okay, we have to make best with what we got, sometimes there is probably that, that, uh, that aha moment or that moment where it just kind of wakes you up and Now, all of a sudden, it's like, well, there is no way out. There is no backing out of this. It's us three. We have a little bit of playing. um, We have a little bit of an opportunity last season of playing together, like they did, played 21 games, were 11-10, and and Dwight thinks that, you know what, if they all came back, time will help them figure this thing out. I don't know where certain Laker fans are on this topic and on this conversation. I can only give you my opinion. I'll give you my opinion, and then I'll also kind of give you a pulse of where I think most Laker fans are when we have this conversation. Um, The last thing I want to see starting next season in training camp is LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook playing together. And this is coming from somebody that before the season started last season, I was really excited about those three. And I had my reasons why I was excited. You know, I I always thought – I thought – Russ and Anthony Davis can carry the load during the regular season. I always thought Russ and Anthony Davis were going to be that one-two punch that, hey, take some pressure off of LeBron James. As the season progresses, LBJ is going to get his, but he's 37 years old coming into his 19th year in the NBA, that all you're really trying to do with LeBron, Russ, and AD is make sure that LeBron is fresh for the postseason. Russ, we know how he's going to work. Anthony Davis, hopefully he had his um, he had a, a, a better season in the sense that he was just around more, that he was reliable more, that he played sixty five or seventy games or seventy five games or something along those lines. That's why I was excited last season when I saw those three get an opportunity to play with each other. Well, as it plays out, as it played out, it didn't work out, and it looked awful, and it looked bad when it was just Russ and Anthony Davis or it was just Russ and LeBron or it was just you know it, there was no really there was never a time that i think any laker fan felt all season long like hey you know what there's a lot of promise between these three players you don't even have to pay attention to the 11 and 10 record that the lakers had with all three of those guys playing together um i just don't think it ever clicked i don't think it ever connected and if you're trying to convince me or sell me or tell me that all it needs is more time and it's going to happen, I, I don't know what to tell you. You know, if I, if I use this as an example of you're dating somebody, you find out pretty quick if this is going to work or it's not, that you guys are on the same page or you're not, that when there's nothing being said, it's still a good vibe and it's still good chemistry. I don't think, and you find that out the other way as well. When you just know, like, okay, well, this ain't gonna happen. I don't think more time is going to all of a sudden change that. What I saw in those 21 games, or at least what I saw from this franchise over the last season, the last thing I want to see, the last thing I want to see, is those three come back and do it again. I, I'm I'm just tr- trying to be realistic with uh, how those three mesh together, how Russell Westbrook really just kind of approach the entire season, Um, how the lack of adjustments, how his game certainly did not mesh with LeBron and Anthony Davis, specifically LeBron James, I don't think time is going to be an answer to that. I don't think if they played 40 games that that was going to be a big difference. I think Lakers were in trouble right out the gate. And you saw it from preseason all the way through the season – you know, obviously rolling on, and you got to Christmas, and you got to the trade deadline, you got to March, and then the the game against the Phoenix Suns, I think in that first week of April, where you were mathematically eliminated from the playing tournament, 16 games below five i I'm a huge fan of Dwight Howard. Maybe he's just saying something to, um, you know, to be nice and to be positive and to uh, give something. He He seems like a guy, especially at this stage of his career, where he looks at the glass half full, not half empty, but not on this one. I I have a very, very difficult time, and I think that would be incredibly frustrating to see the Lakers come back next year, and it was LeBron, AD, and Russell Westbrook. But by the way, that could happen. Let's do a couple things here when we come back. By the way, Trevor Lane, Lakers Nation, in about 15 minutes. Um, If they don't all come back, and you kind of look at the direction of this Lakers team of where it's going, There was a question I thought that was proposed on Sports Illustrated that was a good article simply about um, the Lakers' remaining assets. I I got a question of the direction of this Lakers team, and I already pretty much know the direction I feel like the front office is going in, which will answer the question of what you do with the remaining assets that you have. We'll do that coming up next. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN.
1: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All
0: right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. So i, I just hitting on this. Uh, Dwight Howard, his thoughts on bringing back the Lakers Big Three, that maybe with more time, things can work out. Um, I think a lot of that also was taken from the Lakers exit interview, and I'll ask Trevor Lane about it. Uh, this came, as an article earlier, I think yesterday, from Lakers Nation. So Trevor Lane going to join us in about 10 minutes or so. Um, I'm not one that needs to see any more of it. I'm a firm, firm believer that the Lakers got to move on from that project. Listen, it happens. You know, in sports, you you can't hit, um, you can't hit on every one. A couple years ago, the Lakers traded every asset that they had for Anthony Davis, not knowing if AD and LeBron James and some of these role players was going to equal a championship. It did. They hit it on the dime. But I mean, we're watching. Teams around the NBA, whether it's at the NBA trade deadline and you're going out and you're trading for James Harden, we know the Ben Simmons situation in Brooklyn, it doesn't always work. And I think in this case with Russell Westbrook, the most important thing is cutting your losses. When you realize or you understand that, all right, that was not the right move for this franchise, and it's not the right right move in a short-term window that you're stuck in. B.J. Armstrong, former NBA player, I think he's an agent now, Listen um, listened to a podcast of him over the weekend. He had a quote in there, something along the lines of, the Lakers have to figure out which direction that they're going. in." Well, I already got the answer of the, the direction Lakers are going in. There, there's a few different directions you can go in the NBA. One direction is we're all in and we're trying to win right now. Another direction is we are in the process of rebuilding and we understand that, so we know that we're trying to draft players get as many draft assets as possible, develop a lot of these players. And then there's kind of these middle teams where you're not good enough to go win an NBA championship, but you feel like you're heading in the right direction. Or maybe it's the first time you've made the playoffs in a while and you're excited about that and you want to see where some of your young players are going to take you. And then the the other one is you're stuck in the middle where you're not good enough to win and you're not bad enough to be the worst team in the NBA and you're always kind of, I always looked at the Portland Trailblazers that were in this position. They just weren't good enough or bad enough to where they can really change what their franchise looked like. The Lakers, I'll tell you the direction that the Lakers are going in, and I'll use this summer as an example. They still think they are in this window to try to win, right? They still think that they're competing for a championship, not rebuilding. Now, whether you think that's idiotic or not, um, I get where they're coming from. You got LeBron on your roster. You got Anthony Davis on your roster. There is no rebuilding when you have those two players on your roster. So I don't think anything's going to change. Not this upcoming summer. And probably, depending on what happens with LeBron's extension, which could happen in August, we'll have a better idea of the Lakers' direction and Bron's direction in August for the years to come. So the only reason why I explained that, the only reason why I set it up that way um. There was an article in Sports Illustrated that's talking about uh, Talon Horn-Tucker and Kendrick Nunn potentially on the trading block. And the question is, really, do you hold on to remaining assets or do you make everything absolutely available this offseason? Well, Laker fans, I-, I can only speak for what I've got a chance to watch or to listen to or my coverage of the Lakers. All of us, right? It's all kind of the same thing. We're... We, we, we're Seeing what the Lakers do, what they say, what the front office says, this is not a franchise that's about to say, "Hey guys, let's fold up shop and let's really just start rebuilding things." Now let me bring that up because the position that they're in is they're trying to win it all. Yet they weren't good enough to even make the playing tournament. So let let me say that again: your goal is to win the whole thing. Nobody walked into this year, this past season, saying that it was okay for the Lakers to just make the playoffs, or to just make the second round, or to just get to the Western Conference Finals. The goal for the Lakers was, will you bring championship number 18 to LA? We used to have these promos that were running during the beginning of the season. Actually, ran for a, a big portion of the season. Mission 18 is what we called this year. Mission 18. That because LeBron's there, and Carmelo, and Anthony Davis, and Dwight Howard, and Rondo was there when the season started, and Russell Westbrook, all these players, you got all these role players and future Hall of Famers and everything else. It was Mission 18. Go get championship number 18. The Lakers find themselves in a position where they weren't even good enough to make the playing tournament. So, and I'm reading this article on Sports Illustrated about the assets that the Lakers have, the assets that they have remaining. Do you make those assets available, um, or, or do you think it's smarter to kind of hold on to some of those assets? I think when you're all in and you're the Lakers, and some are going to disagree with this because they're going to say, I mean, listen, Al, you were just talking about cutting your losses. Do you really still think they can put together a championship team with LeBron and Anthony Davis? I think they're going to take their chances on it. I think that's what they're going to try to do. So with that with that said, if you can trade Kendrick Nunn, who didn't play all last season, will make $5.5 million this upcoming year, if you could trade Taylor Horton Tucker – or you could trade away that 2027 20, first-round draft pick that you have coming up. It's the next first-round pick that you have to try to still put yourself in a If you think you can better your team and better your roster and give yourself an opportunity, even if it's an outside chance, to still compete for a championship or still compete in the Western Conference, I, I really don't know what you'd be holding on to those assets, assets for. Now, you can look at the way other franchises are doing it, the way Golden State is doing it. It's pretty damn impressive what they're doing. They got their Cora players, and and they're drafting young players and cropping them at the same time. That's a much more sustainable um, uh, game plan. But the Lakers are already past that. There is no – the only way you could start thinking of a sustainable plan where – you have a ton more assets, and you're drafting the right guys, and then you go try to use free agency to go. You'd have to trade everybody on your roster. They're not in a position to do that, nor do they want to do it. They still think that there's, you know, obviously still a window left here with LeBron and AD. I'm, I, I'm not stopping at Taylen Horne Tucker or Kendrick Nunn or that 2027 20, pick. If you're all in, then you're kind of all in. And Bron, unfortunately for the Lakers, he's not 32. He's not 33 years old. He's not 28 years old. So whatever you're doing right now, uh, you're obviously trying to accommodate LeBron James, but you're trying to accommodate the window that you're in. Now, if somebody wants to make the argument that window is gone and it's over, you feel free to do so, and you can make a legitimate case that would uh, certainly kind of, I guess you could say, strengthen an argument there. I'm just you know, obviously stating this more from a perspective of, If you have any assets left on the Lakers, I think you use them. Um, You've already used all the other assets, and you're not trying to rebuild, so I don't know why you would stop now. That's my own personal opinion. Um, Quick shout-out here. Thank you to Harris Resort SoCal. Things are heating up at Harris SoCal, the best resort in funner, California. We know this. They've teamed up uh, with the country's largest Hell's Kitchen restaurant. You can learn more now at HarrisSoCal.com. Harris we appreciate their partnership on the show. I want to hit on something here real quick because I was watching uh, games. I've been watching a lot of these NBA playoff games. i got to be honest with you guys. I'm enjoying every second of it. I really am. Of course, it's unfortunate that the Lakers are not in it. A lot less stressful, I'll tell you that much. Um, you want your Lake show to be in it, but they're not. So I'm just – enjoying random games that i wouldn't really see myself catching whether it's the jazz and the mavs or it's uh mine i'll go down the list memphis minnesota uh the pelicans and the suns there's some really good basketball being played and you also can tell you know within this first round okay what teams are actually in the mix that are going to be in the mix what rounds you could look at the second round start saying wow that's going to be a really good matchup and you're also watching, you know, I I use as an example Miami and uh, use Miami and Atlanta. You're like, all right, well, Miami's going to eventually win it. Milwaukee's going to eventually beat Chicago. There's other rounds that you're just not nearly as interested in. Um, I thought this was interesting. The Jazz and the Utah Jazz and the Dallas Mavericks, who are playing right now, I put out a tweet a couple days ago And this was before Utah won Game 4. And it was specifically about Quinn Snyder. We've heard all the different names that have come up around the Lakers' job. And I'm going to tell you my exact tweet. I wasn't trying to target Quinn Snyder here. I was just, in my opinion, telling what I thought were facts. Explain to me why Snyder is a candidate for the Lakers' job. What has he done? Jazz haven't progressed in three years. A lot of times that I'm watching these NBA games, I'm trying to see what the Laker angle is. Maybe it's a former Laker that's on that team. Maybe it's a head coach that has been rumored to be around the Lakers, Doc Rivers, Quinn Snyder, uh, Nick Nurse. I'm not kidding when I say this about Quinn Snyder. I'm not saying he's an awful NBA coach. I'm not saying that he's not a worthy coach uh, of the Utah Jazz or whatever the case is. But, man, there's, some, there's certain coaches that are out there that I have heard rumored around the Lakers, and Quinn Snyder is a perfect example. What has he done in the playoffs? What has his squad? Now, if they end up coming back and they beat the Dallas Mavericks in the series, that would be a moment where you're like, there's a series I did not expect the Jazz to win and they won it. But whether it was blowing that 3 1 lead against Denver in the Orlando bubble, losing to the Clippers last season after Kawhi got injured, or this year, Luka missing a few of these first, what he missed, the first three games, and they ended up catching game four. The series is tied two. It should be three one Dallas. It really should. I don't know how they blew away that lead in game four. Um, but it should be three one. All I'm saying is this Lakers position one hundred percent needs somebody that not only has um, NBA experience, head coaching experience, but some success and, and the respect of a lot of these players. and I'm not I don't I don't know Quinn Snyder personally. But I just watch Utah Jazz, and I see him over these past couple of postseasons. Tell me why he's a coach that you're stopping in your tracks and saying, yup, that's the guy that I hope comes and coaches the Los Angeles Lakers. He hasn't done it yet. Maybe as the postseason continues, he'll surprise all of us, and the Jazz will as well, but we'll see what eventually happens on that front. Okay, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation does a great job. Uh, of covering the lakers literally putting out content on a daily basis it seems like he's coming up next looking forward to have the conversation with him about all the stuff everything that we've already hit on get his opinion about this offseason uh some of these uh, nba playoff games as well do all that coming up next stay right here thank you for being a part of the show this is lakers talk on 710 espn
1: this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple
0: All right, welcome back to uh, Lakers Talk, one of my favorite guests I have on. He's a host over at Lakers Nation, also the front office show. Uh, Trevor Lane taking some time to join us here on the show. Trevor, what's going on, man? Thank you for doing this.
1: Oh, thank you for having me, Alan. Uh, it's uh, it's a little weird not watching the Lakers in the in the playoffs right now, but, uh, man, this is going to be an important offseason for them, so still plenty going on around the team that, uh, that we need to dive into. But, uh, again, it's – it's a little weird watching basketball well, right now and, and no no Lakers.
0: It's funny, Trev, because I'm with you, and I, and I think there's some Laker fans, some NBA fans where if the Lakers aren't in the mix or LeBron's not in the mix, like, ah, I don't care. I'm actually finding myself – of course you're disappointed that the, the, the team is not in, but I'm finding myself watching a lot of these games enjoying the quality of basketball. And I'm not saying every team's like that, but you're starting to see, okay, here are the pretenders, here are the contenders – um, unfortunately lakers not not specifically in that mix but i kind of can't turn off a lot of these games
1: yeah yeah absolutely absolutely i'm in the same spot and it does throw into contrast how how rough this lakers season was because you look at these games and you, and you can't help but make the conclusion like man we we never saw the lakers this season play at the level that we're seeing being played by by the teams that are still going right sure. now but um but it's it's also been for me, I mean, as somebody – I know you're like this too, Alan. As somebody who's, you know, living and dying with every Lakers game, we're so locked into it, it's a little bit – there's there's part to it that is less stressful, I guess I should say, just watching these games and just taking in some quality basketball and not being so overwhelmed with what the outcome is, just enjoying the game yeah, for what right. it is.
0: You're not uh, incredibly stressed out. No, I, I get that. That's uh... – That's I think the way most Laker Laker fans consume Laker playoff games. So this obviously Mm -hmm. is a lot more stress free. Um, Jeff, I got a question for you. I I was reading, and I know this was coming from the exit interview for Dwight Howard, and he kind of had some optimism towards if LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook came back next year, that time will help. That you know, an opportunity to mesh and. Only played 21 games together. They were 11-10. and I'm curious just your own specific thoughts. If I told you that come next October or end of September and Lakers um, preseason was going to start and training camp was getting ready to start, that those three players um, were still on the Lakers and obviously I'm referring to Russell Westbrook as the big piece there, you would think what?
1: I would think something went wrong this this off season if that if that is what what happens. I just I don't think, and I know you're you're in agreement with me on this, Alan. I, I don't think you can bring the three of them back. And I know look, Dwight said some stuff about hey, those three guys they they just need time and all of that. And AD and LeBron and Russ have all kind of mentioned this too that and they only played 21 games together. I think we've seen enough to know, as much as you might say, well, they needed more time on the floor. Could could it get better? Sure, but. Look, on paper, heading into the season, we knew LeBron and Russ together, it was a messy fit. And the hope was, the gamble was, that the overall talent would outweigh fit. And that's what would what would ultimately happen, and that's what would help carry the Lakers. That did not happen. And so I think you need to to break this up. However, I think it's also a positive if the word being put out from the Lakers side of things, whether it's Dwight or whoever is, hey, actually, this just needs a little bit more time. That's a positive thing because you don't want Rob Palenka going into trade negotiations from a position of desperation where everybody, and I think this is still mm. probably going to be the case, yeah. but everybody in the league believes they have to move Russ. That's not a good good spot to be dealing from. So I don't agree with Dwight, but I think that him putting that out there, just, hey, you know, maybe they can bring these three guys back. Maybe they just need more time. I think that's ultimately the message that should be coming out of the organization, even if nobody really believes
0: it. Well, it's funny because right when you say that, Trev, in my head, I'm like, I don't think anybody believes it. I really don't. And I, I say yeah. that um, I would be so disappointed if we're starting next season and those three players, Russ, is still on this team. Uh, could it happen? Of course it can. Um, do I think there there is some um, – um, An expiring contract even though it's $47 million do I think there might be a team or two out there that says I could see how we can benefit from that because it's going to come off our books Um, but at the same time man I'd be so disappointed I think a lot of Laker fans would be as well we'll see how things shape out from that perspective I'm curious to get your thoughts also on this if you really look at the assets that the Lakers have coming into the summer so you have Kendrick Nunn you have uh, THT you have that 2027 20, first round pick and then after that it's Russell Westbrook, LeBron and AD nobody expects obviously those guys to be going anywhere do you look at the assets that the lakers have and those few remaining ones that they have do you see any need to how do i put this best i would think that the lakers as they've been for the last couple of years have always been all in but you reach a point where you know you look in the cupboard and there there isn't that much left do you still do whatever the hell it takes this upcoming summer that if you feel like, hey, if, if THT and Kendrick Nunn and this 2027 pick, all these assets that we have left, if they're gone and it at least gives us a puncher's shot at next year, are you approaching this summer, are you approaching next season saying, I don't care what it takes, we just have to improve this roster? Uh, and, and the reason why I ask that question is, There isn't much left, but at the same time, you're kind of all in. I don't really know if you have much of a choice here.
1: Yeah, I think that on on one hand, you need to be willing to do it if you feel like the moves that you're making are going to fix things and are going to give you a chance to win a championship next season. And I'm talking about a real chance, not a, hey, if every single thing breaks right, this team could contend. I'm talking about you get pieces where you say, you know what, we are now a top three team in the Western Conference with these moves, that's where you've got to look at doing that. And maybe that move's not out there, but where you have to be careful though is just saying we need to improve no matter what, to hell with the future and 2027 first, 2029 first. See you later. Let's let's do whatever it takes and let's let's move those. Because teams are going to ask for that. You know, you want Malcolm Brogdon. Indiana's going to say, cool, we want both those first. The Hornets, they're going to say the same thing. Yeah, no problem. We want both those first. If we're going to give you Gordon Hayward and Kelly Oubre Jr., whatever other deals are out there, teams are going to ask for both of those picks. You have to be very careful. If you are the Lakers, in terms of your long-term future, you can drastically set yourself back dealing picks that far away because you know with with relative certainty that LeBron won't be on the team in 2027 or 2029. Who knows what things are going to look like then? So that's why I think you've got to be careful here. And you have to have a, a line drawn where you say this move is one that will bring us to the point where we are contending next season. We can bring LeBron another championship. He can, he can break the scoring record in purple and gold. And we're going to have a great season next year compared to this move makes us better, but not good enough to really win it all. And I think you've got to be willing to walk away from moves that can do that and cost you those future first-round picks. you got to be so careful with moving those, and it's going to take a very disciplined front office in order to, to do that and be able to walk that line.
0: Trevor Lane, who covers the Lakers for Lakers Nation, does a fantastic job, always putting out great content, I'm joining Lakers Talk right now. Trev, the way you just kind of described what you did, and I know this is a very hypothetical question, but I'll throw it out there anyways. Do, do, do you think there's a move that accomplishes what you said where, hey, if they made this move and they gave up some more assets, they're back. They're competing for a championship again because that was – the expectation coming into this last year was not make the playoffs, not make the second round, not make the Western Conference Finals. It was you either won championship number 18 or you didn't, and we know how far off they were. They couldn't even make the playing tournament. Are they that far from even being in that picture – Or are you optimistic that, look, AD's obviously got to be healthy and they got to use Russ as an asset to go get the right role players and there's other pieces that need to fit in in this as well? Do you think that's realistic, the way you just kind of set up those two scenarios, that they still are in a position with LeBron and AD and, and they are competing in the West?
1: I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to be, to feel too positive right now, but maybe that's just the remnants of what's been, I think, the worst season yeah. we've seen from from the Lakers. It's been the worst Lakers season ever, I think, relative to expectations and in terms of fan experience. It's been it's been a rough one, um, so it's hard to feel positive after what we just saw. But I think the key is going to be getting the right pieces. So it's not even a question of is it a singular move that's going to fix this. I think you have to look at it. Big picture, if I'm Rob Palaika, I'm looking at if I do this move. Let's say, let's say it's the Pacers move. Let's say you feel like that's the best deal out there, and the Pacers are willing to throw in. And I'm getting a little crazy here, but let's say that, that you are going to get Buddy Healed and you're going to get uh, Malcolm Brogdon in exchange for Russ. You're going to add in both your picks. The Pacers say, you know what? Toss in Tht and Kendrick Dunn and we'll swap out Miles Turner too. And we'll give you him. Throw in your second rounders. Go all in. Give us everything you got. Hmm. That's where if you're Rob Palenka, you have to say on the surface are those players. And that's probably the best case scenario that I sure. can I can imagine right, right now. Is that enough?
0: Is that good enough? But it's
1: not just those. Yeah. it's But it's not just that. It's what guys are going to be willing to join on for a veteran minimum as we fill out this roster. If we do this move mm-hmm. compared to if we don't. And I think that's where a lot of the back channeling has to take place because the Lakers aren't going to be the top landing spot right now, but you go and make a big move like that. Maybe you do become move up you know, higher on the list in terms of landing spots for some of the free agents that are out there. So I think there is that that dynamic has to be considered as well. Who else do you get in addition to, to doing that trade? It's, it's hard to see a move out there on the surface that instantly just puts the Lakers back to contention. But if you're able to pull a move that not only brings in the talent that you're getting in the deal, and elevates you as far as being a landing spot for guys to take less to chase a championship, then maybe you're in business. That, it's a tall order, but maybe that's what it takes.
0: But Trev, I think that's the way you described it. There's a lot of convincing to do, right? Like it's one thing for you know, us for sure. to sit here and say that. And I think the way you you described it is perfect. Those those veteran minimums, that's a great example. I think there's going to be guys next year. We'll see what happens in the off season that they could very well just be like, yeah, I don't want anything to do with the Lakers. I'll go to a different team. I'll go to a team that I think maybe can use me more or I feel like has more promise or whatever the case is. So there's a lot of convincing that the front office has to do, um, whether it's moves that they make in the offseason or it's just the perception around the Lakers that, no, no, no. You want to be here over that team, and that's going to be a tall order. So we'll obviously have to wait and see what happens, but this is part of the conversation in the offseason when you don't make the playoffs. We're already having these conversations way earlier earlier than we thought we'd be. Uh, Trevor Lane from Lakers Nation, take us some time to uh, join Lakers Talk. Uh, Trevor, just want to get your quick thoughts on this as well. Um, Out of all the names that you've heard around the NBA coaching front and potentially coming to coach the Lakers – Is there a name that stands out to you? Is there a name that, man, if we got this guy, wow, I think he'd be a perfect fit for the Lakers. I I spent some time talking earlier in the show. I was talking about how Quinn Snyder, for me, at least for me, has not shown enough in playoff basketball and has not shown enough progress with the Utah Jazz to where he doesn't stand out to me as one of those guys that, hey, you got to go whatever you can to go convince him to come be the next coach of the Lakers. But that's just my own personal thoughts on Quinn Snyder. Is there a coach that you've heard his name being rumored around the Lakers that you think would be a good fit?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to say that there's – I don't feel like there's anybody that's popped up on the rumor market so far that's that's been like, yes, that's the guy they need to go get. That's the guy that's going to be their coach for the next, what, five years, which is fairly decent longevity in terms of the, the lifespan of an NBA head coach on a, on a roster, but um, there's nobody out there that's made me – super excited but I do think what I'd like to see from from the Lakers is not set themselves into any particular coach not set themselves in any any particular um, person in terms of the the family tree we've heard all about how the Lakers tend to hire from within the family tree this has been a thing forever right uh, and also we've already heard word out there that the Lakers want to hire a coach who already has head coach experience, which, okay. You know, maybe that makes sense with LeBron James. But you look around the NBA, look at the playoffs right now. How many of these coaches got their first shot with the teams that they're on right now? You look at Taylor Jenkins with the, the Grizzlies. You look at Ime Odoka with the, the Celtics right now. There's a number of coaches that are that are head coaches right now that are finding success in the playoffs. So I would like the Lakers just to cast a wide net. And if the best guy winds up being somebody, whoever's got the the best concept for making this thing work, is a guy who was an assistant coach. Maybe it's a Darvin Ham. I think that's a name that's interesting. Um, If they don't have head coaching experience at the NBA level, I think we've seen enough examples where that isn't necessarily something you have to have to have success with an NBA team. So I don't have a name that I'm zeroed in on at the moment, but I just want to see the Lakers cast as wide of a net, as possible leave no stone unturned don't worry about whether or not you've got a prior relationship with the person whether they've been a part of your organization before and don't worry about whether or not they have head coaching experience consider everything and then make the best decision from there
0: all right trev uh, final one man i appreciate the time as always can you let i don't know if you deal with this as much as uh, i've seen it lately are you getting a lot of well bi's had a few good games we should have never traded for anthony davis have you got a couple of those lately sure.
1: Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. I've
0: seen plenty of that. I don't know if I have a, a, other than the guys, they won a championship. Everything is going to be fine. Is there another response? I'm actually looking more from advice and coaching from you at this point.
1: (laughs) I mean, I've just been saying the second they won a championship, the Lakers won that trade. What the Pelicans are trying to do with BI now is catch up, Yep. right? Is catch up, get enough value out of that trade to where they can catch up to the value that the Lakers got in winning a, winning a championship. So They, I think they clearly won the trade because they got a championship. We knew this was going to happen. There would be, at some point, these guys would look good. The Lakers draft. Well, we knew at some point these guys would look good. Um, This isn't a surprise or anything like that. And this doesn't mean you regret doing this just because the other team is now showing some positive assets and positive results out of it. You still make that trade. If you, if you offer that trade to any team around the NBA You get Anthony Davis and you win a championship. You win one championship (laughs) and you trade that stuff, every team would take it. Every team would take it at a heartbeat. Of
0: course they would. And by the way, that doesn't mean we can't enjoy some former Lakers playing some good ball and Brandon Ingram having the series he is against the Pelicans. Uh, Trev, always appreciate the time. Always appreciate the insight. Uh, Thank you, bud. Have a good rest of your day. Hey, you too, Alan. Thank you so much for having me. All right, that is Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. Uh, LeBron James sent out a tweet over the weekend. What does that tweet really mean? How much control does LeBron James have on what happens with the Los Angeles Lakers moving forward? We'll do that when we come back. Stay right here. Thank you for being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, thank you to Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation for joining the show. A lot of good topics. You know, I find myself... Get a chance in the off season when we're doing Lakers talk. You know, obviously we're trying to figure out what the hell happens this off season and where do the Lakers go from here. Trevor's a good one to uh, to, to have these conversations about. Very, him and I are very much the same when it comes to Lakers conversation, Lakers content, what we think is realistic, not realistic. Uh, trying to. Trying to, you know, take the fan hat on to an extent or take it off to an extent, but also just being fans of the team. I, I thought the I thought the points about what he thought would be a perfect scenario this offseason, he just uses that as an example with the Pacers and this happens and that happens, but also the real reality of you could trade Russ and you could find yourself with a couple different players and you could easily not be competing for a championship in the Western Conference. That can happen as well, where LeBron is still there, Anthony Davis is still there, and then you got these other role players, and maybe it's guys that you feel good about before the season starts. Um, We know, obviously, the injury history that the Lakers have had the last couple of seasons, specifically Anthony Davis, but Bron as well. So uh, Palenka, just to simplify this, has so much to figure out here over the next few months, and uh, let's just say he's going to earn his money this offseason. LeBron had a tweet. During the playoffs, obviously, we're all watching it. I was talking about it uh, earlier in the show, how much I personally enjoy watching the Laker playoffs. When I do my show with Travis Rogers in the morning, we do our show 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., and there's a lot of NBA chatter, not not a crazy amount, but for me, anytime NBA comes up, I'm excited about it just because I I enjoy watching – what I would call really good basketball, not all the time. There's certain teams right now that you could tell, okay, that team is that, that team's competing for a chip. Okay, yeah, yeah. The Warriors are they're going to be there when the dust settles. The Milwaukee Bucks, even though we'll see what happens with Chris Middleton, um, you could tell that there's certain teams. Miami Heat, uh, Boston has looked fantastic. There's certain teams out there you know are going to be in the mix. And LeBron posted on Twitter over the weekend. I can slash will not miss the postseason again for my career. This ish hurt. Okay, back to watching these games. Braun has played 266 playoff games in his career, and he's missed the postseason four times over his 19-year career. Unfortunately, two of those uh, two of those four are coming in the last four years, both with the Lakers. Uh, His first season with the Lakers, this is before they made the trade for Anthony Davis, and then uh, they win the championship last year out in the first round, and then this season Lakers are not even good enough to make the playing tournament. When I see Braun tweet what he tweeted out, I get where he's coming from. This is one of the greatest players of all time that when the dust settles, you cannot have a conversation about LeBron James and not say that, okay, he's – top three, top four, wherever you want to put him, right? If you want to say, Wilt's the greatest, Kareem's the greatest, um, uh, Jordan's the greatest, whoever you want to put, LeBron is going to be part of the conversation, and when it's all said and done, he'll be the all-time scoring leader. Um, Next season's going to be his 20th year in the NBA. This season, he almost won the scoring title in his 19th year. I get how much this probably kills LeBron James to not be a part of the playoffs. Of course it does. But the portion that, you know, I kind of read into this tweet, I cannot, will not miss the postseason again for my career. You know, unfortunately, what LeBron James has zero control of, in my opinion, I don't really question what Braun's going to do. I don't really question his contributions to an NBA basketball team, his contributions to the Lakers this upcoming year and for the remainder of his career. However, it's not on LeBron. You know, a lot of this has to do with if you don't want to miss another playoff game or if you don't want to miss another playoffs for the rest of your career, a lot of that's going to be dependent on Anthony Davis. A lot of that's going to be dependent on what Rob Palenka and the front office does this offseason. The AD piece is the biggest one because as much as I want to see Anthony Davis dominate this upcoming year, he's got to now prove that he could still be that player that he was earlier in his career or in that Orlando bubble. Because what we have seen over the last two years is the best indication. All we can do is just base it off of how he's done so far over these last few years. I can't say, well, remember when AD, because I, I try doing that a lot. Remember AD in the Orlando bubble? Yeah, I do. But that was two seasons ago. Yeah, but do you remember AD when he take over games in New Orleans? Yeah, I remember that. But that was a handful of years ago. So as much as Bron wants to be in every playoff game and be a part of the mix, unfortunately, it's not on Bron. I think Bron's going to do his part. The question is going to be, is Anthony Davis going to be there alongside with him for that entire process? You know, he I think AD's had some bad luck these last couple of years, but he's missed games. And the Lakers obviously are a completely different team when LeBron James is – or when Anthony Davis is not there. And if you're going to fulfill what LeBron wants, AD's obviously got to be a part of that mix. And he's got some convincing to do uh, this upcoming year. Because to be honest with you, I think a lot of people are really low on Anthony Davis right now, not of his skill set, even though that has something to do with it. They wanted to play more of a grit, more of a grind, more rugged. You're looking at Giannis. You're looking at Embiid. But on top of that, just being available for the Lakers will be the biggest thing. So we'll see what ends up uh, what ends up happening. Okay, Laker fans, that's all we got for tonight. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. A couple quick reminders here. So if you miss any part of the show, uh, you can always catch Lakers Talk on the ESPN app or on iTunes. Just search Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa. So we have our full channel there, the podcast there. And uh, every show that we do goes up there. I'm back on tomorrow morning with Travis Rogers, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., uh, thank you to Laura Romo. Thank you to Michael Funches. Thank you to Mario Ruiz. Appreciate you all being a part of the show. Have a great rest of your night, L.A.